All right, welcome to the Sports Ethos Los Angeles Chargers podcast. With me, as always on Thursday, is Brandon Furtado. How are you doing today, man? Uh, not bad, Rob. Not bad at all. How about you? I'm being honest. I slept during a good portion of that game. <laughs> well, I, I worked during it, so I missed about <laughs> half of it, too, honestly. Yeah. But there wasn't... The good thing is, it's like... Well, here's the, it's the good and bad news. Is the good news is we were able to get stuff done. Kinda. We were you were able to take a nice little power nap. I was able to finish work. Uh, bad news is that's bad for football because that means the game was not interesting. Is the do the Giants have the you can do other stuff while watching their games tag? Is is that yeah. what they are? Yeah. Easily. Because I'm gonna be honest, they're they're that was pretty boring, even though it was pretty close for most of it. But I will say one thing. So on Monday, you and I had this hour-long conversation about how bad football is. I, I got to say this. The Niners' yeah. offense is football at its finest right now. It yeah, is, it's, it's, it's a well-oiled machine. It's, it's, it's a, in, isn't Brock Purdy just perfect for this offense? It's insane. It's, it's, it's literally a well-oiled machine. It's, it's, I, if, if the closest thing to it is golf in Detroit. So... Yeah, well, I mean that's weeks. yeah, that's a, that's a really good comparison. Yeah, so like that's like it's crazy because this game was I mean it, it ended up being almost a, somewhat a blowout, but like the Niners are just it's it's just it seems like even though like even though they didn't set the world on fire tonight, they're just such a well-oiled machine. Everything goes right. George Kittle making plays, Debo Samuel. Big night. He had six catches for almost a buck thirty and a delayed TD there to kind of ice it. Uh, you know, Purdy does what Purdy does. Purdy doesn't does. Purdy doesn't have to throw. Like you know, like quarterbacks are always like you know they talk, they talk about their deep ball and Purdy has a good one, but Purdy doesn't really have to throw deep balls that often because the offense is just so good at every single phase of the game: running the ball, throwing it, short passes, uh, intermediate routes. He completed a few of those those guys tonight. Um, you know, McCaffrey got involved in the game a little bit. You know, he didn't have a, his best game, but he still had a decent game. Uh, everything just seems like it's going right for that for the Niners and their offense. I think not only is Purdy such a key for that offense, McCaffrey starts this well in the machine. He's he's the leader, right? He he'll get a he'll instead of getting a three yard gain, he'll get a five yard gain, right? It's not much, but it makes that offense turn, right? And, yeah. But I think the thing that was frustrating for me watching the Giants today is defensively, especially their secondary, this was a pretty solid game for most of it, at least through probably the first half and a good portion of the third quarter. But just you're not making stops on third and 10 plus. You're not making stops on second and 10 plus. Yeah. You're getting terrible penalties. You're putting the Niners in in – you know, you're putting the Niners in less than favorable positions and the next play it doesn't matter because they already got a first down. Like, that's that's a huge issue. And I feel like they have been... It's been a lot... It was a lot less during the Cardinals and the Giants from what I remember, but I, I think that was really annoying because if you're the Giants, you put another offense in a less than favorable position, you should find a way to keep that game close enough for through four quarters, and they just didn't. And then on offense, Daniel Jones is Daniel Jones, and there are just a lot of limitations with that offense with, with him at quarterback. 
Matt Brito is serviceable, but it's nothing special. Yeah, and it's, and I mean, even even without Saquon tonight, you you like we said it last year, and Giants fans, you know, wanted to act blind to it, but especially in this area, I heard so many people saying, "Oh, you know, Giants' offense is is really good." No, it's just that Saquon Barkley is really good. He is your only offensive player. The rest of them are terrible or average at or serviceable at best. So, it, you know, like I, I don't like when people, when Giants fans are like, "Oh, you know." They made the playoffs last year. I'm like, yeah, you probably won't make it this year, especially looking looking like how you're looking right now. You're you're if Saquon Barkley misses any more time. I mean, even if Saquon Barkley plays, I think these next few weeks, like I was saying on on Monday, look at the rest of their schedule. It's it's like the next four or five games are are they're gonna get their butt handed to them. Yeah, easy. And, so and I'll say this too. You know what really frustrates me about this this Giants offense? Especially tonight when we got like a clear look at it. You can't just tell me what? that a tight end safety blanket is throwing the ball to Darren Waller while he's fully covered. You cannot tell me that's a safety blanket throw. That yeah. happened multiple times tonight. I'm sitting there going, yeah, you're going to get flags every so often because Darren Waller is an incredibly physical tight end. He can make space, but dude's still covered. Like, yeah. you have to find a way. They need to find better w- ways to get him open from an offensive design standpoint. And the thing, and part of why I say that is, look at the other side with the Niners. That whole team is about offensive design. And you have one yeah. of the best tight ends in the league, and he just looks like, I guess the right word would be empty calories, because you're throwing to him expecting a flag every time. It's not going to happen all the time. It's going to happen. It did happen at points tonight. But that's super annoying to me. We know the talent of Darren Waller, and that's the way you you orchestrate him in an offense. I just think that's really disgusting. And it's it's crazy because even when he was open, Daniel Jones missed him. Yeah. So it's it's like you know you, you brought him in. You know he's supposed to be he you brought him in for a good chunk of money. So you know you're expecting him to be you know Daniel Jones's favorite target. And, you know, taking that pressure off of Saquon Barkley in the running game because you have somebody to finally throw the ball to consistently. But it, the offense hasn't changed. It's the same offense from last year. You figure, you know, but that's the thing is that defense is now like, okay, so instead of game planning for just Saquon Barkley, we game plan for Darren Wall in the passing game. And then obviously there's no Saquon tonight. So the only person you're really paying attention to is Darren Waller. And we saw it tonight. It was pretty much smothered the whole night. And he was and, still in single coverage. But Daniel Jones yeah. was like, Oh, I'm just going to throw it up because there's a smaller defender. I'm like, that's not how a tight end safety blanket is supposed to work. He's not supposed to run like a deep post or a deep curl or whatever the hell or what felt like a wheel wrap. He's just not supposed to do that. It's bad offensive design. Yeah. And then you look at like you look at all the other guys. Like, that's why if it wasn't him being pretty much covered the whole night looking for flags, it was what? Two or three yard passes to Slayton and to the rest of the offense, and like Wanda it, it just Robinson. Like that was yeah, like today. Like that's that's just it's gross. It's like I always use the word gross, but it is gross football. Like that's not that's not going to win you a lot of games, if any. And we saw that tonight. It's, it 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 kept them in the game for a little bit, but that's really because they're not honestly the Niners tonight were just playing with their food for three quarters. A little bit, yeah. I I just think the the I. It's it's really – I don't know if you feel this way, but it's really perplexing watching what we came in here and said is a well-oiled machine versus what the Giants are. 
it's a night yeah. and day difference. Yeah, it's way different. That's why that's why you would figure that the Niners would have, you know, steamrolled them. And they real and I mean they didn't, but the, the Niners didn't have to. I, I I'm I'm almost hundred percent certain the Niners just knew what they had to do. And they just went out there and did it and didn't look too fancy doing it. Yeah, and, and I'll like say it was this, just, and I'll say this, the Giants secondary was pretty good today. Like defensively yeah. I thought they were pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. And I think but we when should you give them their flowers for that, but it doesn't matter if your offense is going to play like that. Even if your defense yeah. can't play, how many times it can a defense play perfect football, but your offense doesn't know how to move the ball down the field over 10 yards? And then on, yeah. the, on the opposite side, you're going to give up third and 17. You're not going to win football games having your offense play like that and give up third and 17s on stupid flags or Christian McCaffrey running for 25 yards. Yeah. Like you can't, you know, it's like. And we always say in this league, you know, touchdowns, you know, you, you need them. The only times you really need field goals is in critical situations. Otherwise, you know, field goals don't win games. And tonight they kicked four of them. That was all their points, four field goals. So it's it's just like I don't I don't get like the Giants often. It's just like like we were saying, it's just it's the same thing from last year. And it seems like I honestly feel bad for Brian Dable because you can see how bad he wants to win. It's just, he has nothing to work with. He's so and that, and frustrated the, because he, yeah, you he's can like, you he's like, can see it. This he's like, I know this offense doesn't work. There's not much I can really do with it because I don't know how to get Daniel Jones to to make the right read. And then defensively, we're just giving up stupid flags all the time. It's it's insanely frustrating if you're Brian Dable watching your own players play football. And it's 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 even worse because you know if they don't even come close to the playoffs by the end of the season, they'll try to scapegoat him. So not, I don't think he's the problem. I really no, he's don't. not. No, he's not. But those, but you know, and you know, in, in this in this neck of the woods, obviously. So you know, I, I see it all too well. I know how reactionary people oh are God, here. They're gonna look at say a Taylor Swift lyric in the <laughs> middle of this damn podcast. All right, please continue. Uh, I I probably I, I probably did. I, what the all too well thing? All too well. Yeah, I, I'm not even a Taylor Swift fan, so I didn't even know I dropped it for a second there. Um, but uh, I'm sorry, that was too good. This is the one week where yeah. I'm allowed to do that. Please. Continue. Yeah, this is this is my God. That was worried the second. <laughs> I was like, I lost my train of thought for a second. Uh, but you know, in this area, I see all too all too often. It's just like it's too many like these Giants fans in this area. You know, like in, in New York City fans anyway, like in the general New York City area, in our area, you know, we expect results here. And, you know, it's the same thing with, with the Yankees or, or even the Mets or, you know, when the Mets go and spend on big players, whatever it is. So it's the same thing with the Giants when they have, you know, a coach that got into the playoffs last year with very little stuff. You know, even though the team is, is a little bit better, you know, you would think is a little bit better this year because they added Darren Waller on offense. But when you see, you know, one and two automatically i know people in this area and you know they're they're i'm not saying they're dumb but but most of them will start blaming the, the head coach because they everybody does that here and i feel bad because brian dable's not going to deserve that and it's it, it seems like that's going to be a theme especially once they because i can't see them winning any of these next like four games i really can't and i mean if they do great then there's some life but I mean, their season will be over by the end of next month. To me, there, there's no doubt in my mind. But it's just that, you know, 
they got to give Dable some help, or they got at least they got to give him some sort of input with this team instead of just saying, "Hey, hey, you know, we, hey, you know." Let's pay Daniel you know, Jones Joe, forty mil a year. Great. Idea. Yeah, yeah, like here, like like here, here, Joe Shane. You know, we're not you're not gonna have Saquon next year because he's gonna leave him free agency, and I mean he's already hurt. Uh, again, you know, again, you have Darren Waller, who I mean at this point, if he's your only offensive option, he might not last the season. Um, and then you paid $40 million a year for Daniel Jones. Uh, your receivers are all banged up. I mean, Slayton and Wandale Robinson, they're not going to survive to see it because they, they were banged up last year. Uh, you have Hyatt, um, but he doesn't see much action. I don't know why. Um, I mean, I, I don't know what, like, you know, Joe Shane is basically giving Brian Dable a, a, a used, like, 1995 Honda Civic with with like 400,000 miles like it's like it's like you can't give a, a you know a chef rotten ingredients and let him cook it's not going to come out well no matter how good he is it's this is what I, that's what I feel like with the Giants you have a great head coach but you're not allowing him to cook anything because he, he, he physically can't there's nothing he can do with this team uh, so I just saw the, the stat so again I get it Brock Purdy's a Mr. Irrelevant, he gets paid no money, but Daniel Jones is getting paid forty million. Brock Purdy is getting paid nine hundred k, and who's the better quarterback? Let's let's just be honest. Yeah, I mean it's not even it's not even a contest. It's, you could ask me after, you could ask me after after three games that that Brock Purdy started last year, who was the better quarterback? I still would have said Brock Purdy. So now, now it still is Brock Purdy. Like. That's not even close. Daniel Jones. What did I say? Like I said this a year ago, on our on a different podcast that we did for our previous employer. I said, Daniel Jones. What do you want from a quarterback from Duke? That got picked. That got picked way too high in the first round. That it didn't really look great in college anyway. Was he wasn't the best quarterback i don't think in that draft from what i remember i think i had uh, rated as a third round qb that year if i remember correctly I yeah wrong. and the giants reached and got him at eight even giants fans overall and even giants fans were confused by it uh rightfully so so what did you expect and then you then so after you see that he's done nothing so far in his career you go and give him 40 plus million a year really i mean you can't pay Saquon because he's always hurt. I get that, but if you had to pick between the two, you would pay Saquon Barkley. I you still shouldn't would have pay paid Daniel Saquon. Jones. I should. I still would have paid Saquon. Frick this. Frick this situation. This, just pay Saquon the damn money. It's it's ridiculous. I, I like that. Like, listen. For me as an Eagles fan, I love that the Giants are imploding, but at the same time, it's just I want the NFC East to be competitive. And I want to see good football it's out of nappable. not just the NFCs. The, the, the Giants but, are nappable. They, I, I literally I t- proved it. They are a nappable I, team. I cannot I t- stay awake watching them play football. I turned it off at 17-6. to Even at 17-6, to I knew the game was over. And it, it's like, that, that, that's, that's a close score for a halftime score. And it's like, you'd figure, oh, you know, maybe the you know, the, you know, the team with the six points will get back into it. But And they did for a little bit. But still, you knew the game was over at 17-6. to like that's that's bad. That's very. That's bad. just that. It's not competitive. The last thing we need to mention on the Niners uh, before we actually have some headlines that we want to get to today. Um, more than the game, in all honesty, 
Um, but I, I think the, the actually to be fair, I think the best part we, we we've seen you know the Kyle Shanahan led Niners and the quarterback carousel. This is a roster and a coach in Kyle Shanahan and a GM in John Lynch that believes in Brock Purdy, and that is refreshing. Even if you're not a Niners fan, that's this roster having a proper starting quarterback is refreshing, and it's fun football. It just is. It's fun football. Yeah, I mean, there's like, it's, it's like, and that's like, it's crazy because you know the Niners say what you want about them being, you know, a little bit of crybabies in the media and stuff like that. But Brock Purdy is so easy to root for. He's so easy to root for. Like he, he's a guy you want to see succeed. This like team he, is he's just got fun. Brandon. This team is just fun. It's fundamental football plus a thousand. It's a fun football team. Yeah, and it's it's funny because they they th- this is what happens when you have a team that does all the little things well. They're not going to wow you with the da- you know, the dazzling you know bombs down the field. You know, every now and then Brock Purdy can pull that out, but he's not the strongest arm. But they just do everything. They check all the boxes on the fundamentals, and that's what they say about football. It's all about how well you execute the fundamentals, and that sounds like a cliche because you know players say it after every game. But look, the Niners do it, and they win a bunch they, because they, they do. are the best team in football through through two and a half weeks, and it's not oh, yeah. even a question. Yeah, and uh, you know, like you know, Dallas fans are going to go up in arms about that, but you know. You you play the Giants, Jets, and you're gonna play the Cardinals. Like, you know, that that's not much competition. And on top of that, your your defense got you the short field. Dak Prescott didn't even throw a touchdown. Like, how do you score forty to nothing and you don't even score a touchdown? You don't throw a touchdown pass as a quarterback. That's unheard of. So, you know, I'm not gonna give Dallas the flowers because A, well, A, I'm an Eagles fan, but B, it just you know, you know, Dallas, you know, we them boys, but yeah, but the Niners are better than you, so they them boys. Um, right, right now, I, I think it's very clear that the Niners are the best team in football. And again, yeah. it's week, th- we're about to enter week three. It's, you know, that, that, that rating, that ranking is going to change. This is not something where, this is, it's way too early to yeah. make any, like, succinct determination, if that makes sense. But for yeah. two and a half weeks, it's very clear who's above and beyond the best football team right now. Yeah, the yeah. They've uh, after after an awful you know two weeks of football, and now going into week three, like it's at least the early, the early, early, early front runner right now is the Niners. Yeah, and I, I think they're gonna stay as a front runner uh, throughout the season. Who isn't gonna stay as a front runner is the Chicago Bears coaching staff. <laughs> I uh, okay, so I get it that he that that Dan, that uh excuse me that Justin Fields apologized because he said I think it's the coaching I think I'm overthinking. He said basically I just think I'm overthinking and I think part of it's coaching. And then he said I need to play better afterwards. So props that being a good quarterback. But Brandon, he's right. He is one thousand yeah. percent correct. So I wasn't yeah. even mad. I was like, dude, thanks for saying the obvious. Like, like at least he said it. It's like, you know, players say a lot of dumb things all the time. But it's like, a lot of times when they say dumb things, it's only like, you know, half true. Like, no. Like, even though, you know, Justin Fields shouldn't say that, you, like, you shouldn't say bad things about your employer to the world like that. But at the same time, it had to be said. Someone had to say it. 
because you know you can't start because I see a lot of people. A lot of people are ragging on Justin Fields and how he plays, and part of it is him, but but definitely part of it is the coaching and how bad it is. It's not good, and it's like you know he's got a he's got a point. He's not wrong. He can he you know he it's not it's not it's, the thing with Justin Fields with that apology too, obviously because you can read between the lines. It's not uh, the fact that he you know wanted to apologize. He had to. In the back of his yeah, mind, he's like, I'm not a pop. And I don't think he really cared about it because he's like, you all know it's true. Like, I, that's kind of yeah. what his demeanor said to me. I mean, that that that's how that's how he is. That, that's how he's been through the first two weeks. And they even so, you know, they were talking about him versus Kirk Cousins. Like, Kirk Cousins took accountability. He kind of, you know, brushed it off. But also, Kirk Cousins has also been in the league a lot longer. He He's more of a, a leader. You know, Justin Fields is still kind of yeah, Justin Fields for for what it is, he's still kind of learning on the job. Even though it doesn't, even though it seems like he should be getting better, I mean, he's still learning on the job. Last year, he was thrown into the fire immediately. Um, so he'll you know he'll figure it out along the way. I I, I hope. I mean, he's he's got talent, but yeah, it's it's the coaching is absolutely holding him back. I mean, the the offense is just you know Chase Claypool with a lack of effort. Uh, you know they brought in. Um, Moore, who I mean, really hasn't, uh, from what I've seen, hasn't done a whole lot. He finally um, had a good week last week, but it wasn't anything to write home about. Exactly, like it's not. Yeah, it's not eye popping. Like it's not. It's not the, all the hype that they were, you know, building up for him. Um, you know, they're they're Justin Fields still turning the ball over too much. Uh, but a lot of his just bad situations. That offensive line is not great. Um. Uh, I mean, almost, almost downright awful. Uh, I mean, there's, it's almost like, it's almost like the same thing with the Giants. Like, what can you say about them and uh, that's positive? Nothing. I, I, I mean, have an you know, question for you, Brandon. Now that I'm thinking about this, because I think the second yeah. point here is, and I think it's a more important point than even the coaching. Justin Fields basically said, like, I'm overthinking. I'm not just letting the game come to me. I'm overthinking. List the quarterbacks in the league right now that when you watch them, you think, yeah, they're overthinking this too much. They're not just playing a kid's game. They're just overthinking. Like, what's your list? Because I think the uh, list well, higher than we might think. Yeah. Well, I mean, you got to look at all the all the teams that are kind of struggling to be 1-1 one one or 0-2. Or oh I mean, you look at, uh, I would say Trevor Lawrence is up there right now. Um, his team's done him no favors, but Trevor Lawrence is certainly up there right now. He missed a lot of throws in that Kansas City game, a lot. Um, uh, I would say, as much as I love the Eagles, I think Jalen Hurts right now is overthinking it too. He's missed he's missed a lot of open opportunities to to receivers down the field so far in these first two games. Um, I would say, I mean, that even though as bad as the as we know the like we know what the Vikings are, but I would say even Kirk Cousins to a degree is still overthinking. I think he's always um, overthinking. Now that I think about uh, more, I think he's always overthought. Yeah, like, oh my god, Kenny Pickett's overthink because Kenny Pickett's still young too. But Kenny Pickett's not is just, I mean, part of that. Once again, you know what's funny? The Steelers and the Bears are very similar. Oh my god! If you think yes. about it, if you think about how if, the games have been for for those two, yeah, absolutely. The Steelers. And, the Steelers and the Bears are almost identical. They both have young quarterbacks who are struggling that that are overthinking. They both have 
you know, a couple pieces that that aren't playing to the full to their full potential. Both teams' offensive lines are getting killed uh, pretty much every game. Uh, you know, they're both quarterbacks are missing a lot of throws, leaving a lot of plays on the table. Um, you know, both defenses are kind of struggling to say the least. Um, and these were two defenses that you know a few years ago you weren't re- weren't weren't really worried about because they were keeping the teams in the game. Um, so. I mean, they they run pretty much parallel to each other, uh, but I mean, there, there's so many guys to overthink. I think Joe Burrow. I mean, Joe Burrow's hurt right now, but Joe Burrow seems to do a lot of overthinking, and that's actually kind of weird because this is a guy who's been in the Super Bowl and who was a Pro Bowl or an All Pro, and even he's through the first two games has been overthinking. Um, I mean, who else? Uh, yeah, definitely Daniel Jones, but I think that's very obvious. Well, yeah, Daniel Jones for sure. Uh, I mean the, the list goes. I mean we can name we can name, uh, what Ryan Tannehill, um, Derek Carr. I think through three weeks has overthought a little bit. Yeah, he's he's looked a little better at certain. He's he's had flashes of just you know letting it go and kind of playing well, but it's not fully there yet. Um, but a lot of that's growing pains with a new team. I think. Yeah, that's how I feel um, about Derek for sure. But because um, I mean. I mean, especially in the second half of that of that game, he he started to play better. Um, you know who I weirdly think isn't overthinking right now, and I think you might agree with me on this. Not overthinking, mind you, Anthony Richardson. Yeah, you know what? Actually, yeah, it's he's the one rookie that I yeah. don't think is overthinking right now. Yeah, he he he's basically doing what is asked of him, and he's keeping the Colts in the games. Um. You know, there's going to be learning curves along the way, but there's a difference between learning curves for a young quarterback and overthinking where it's all, like, in his head, not him. Like, Anthony Richardson is just going out there and playing. And he's doing a good job of it so far. So, actually, you know what? I can see that. That's actually that's pretty pretty spot on. Um, I wouldn't say Mac Jones is necessarily overthinking because I think he's progressing okay in the Patriots' offense. Um, I say Zach Wilson is... Not only an overthinker, I think he's more focused on having sex with forty-year-old mothers than playing football. <laughs> I mean, am I wrong? Uh, no, no funner. Uh, um, I don't think Jordan loves overthinking right now. I can't say anything about Josh Dobbs because I don't even think he's a starter in this league right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think we basically listed everybody. Uh, that's that's what that, that's what that, half the half the league. At least a quarter, yeah. Yeah, to the very Jesus. least a quarter or a bit less than a quarter. Yeah, Yikes. and there's probably more. And there's probably more that we're not thinking of right now. Yeah, put put it. Uh, let us know uh, who we missed because I'm sure we missed a few of them. Um. Uh, uh, do you know who's starting at quarterback? Panthers Seahawks on Sunday. Uh, don't don't tell me it's Andy Dalton. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah, because because the the report was what CJ uh not CJ uh Bryce Young was too small in that offense. Uh, Wasn't that a big issue? He's hurt. Yeah, he didn't but they also played today. I don't know yeah. well, what's the injury. Let me look it up because I actually don't remember. Yeah. I I do know that that there are reports coming out, especially during during the game, that they were like, oh yeah, they they're concerned that Bryce Young is too small for the position. That's weird, especially after you draft him. And then and they also said that, that that they don't want to run a QB sneak with him because he's way too small. That's okay. I'm very confused. 
Uh, I remember. I remember today with an ankle injury, Bryce Young. So we'll be out. Oh, Jesus! But I that's. I do not want to see Andy Dalton play football. Oh God. No, no, absolutely not. Oh God, Andy Dalton throwing to a, a washed-up Adam Thielen. Fantastic. Great, great football. Great. Um, anything else you want to say on that? That just sounds gross. That's that's that's. That's probably. Oh my god! Is that I that's can't wait. Cookies, right? I mean, literally. I was, I was, I was getting towards that, and I lost my train of thought for a second. So yeah, but actually, yeah, that's that's honestly that's the early after before we look at the actual schedule. You know, when we get to that later, but that is probably pot cookies because it's. And it's I don't think like, I think you and I are gonna have the same choice because there's not. Oh lord! Yeah, lordy lord. Ugh. Okay. Bad uh, football week three. Let's go. Let's keep it rolling. Yeah, let's let's go. Let's go. Um. Uh, Cowboys lost Trayvon Diggs. At we've had. By the way, the amount of superstar injuries we've had over the last three weeks has been upsetting, uh, to say the least. Um, but in saying that. Cowboys lose the leader of that defense, the leader of that secondary. That once they start playing quality opponents, that's going to be a big problem. Yeah. Like that's remember because the NFC is obviously being an Eagles fan, we all play, we all play uh the same teams. So you got to play the Bills, you got to play uh I think they got to play uh I mean well, they got to play the rest of the AA. They got to play the Dolphins. Tyreek Hill's going to run all over that defense. Um, I mean, those, those two teams right there are going to put up a ton of points without Trayvon Diggs. Um, and people forget, too, that puts a lot of strain. You know, everybody's like, oh, well, Micah Parsons is still there. Yeah, it's true. Put but puts strain on him and that front seven. Yeah. There you go. It puts strain. It puts strain. On, yeah, it puts a lot of strain on them because that ball is going to be coming out a lot quicker now that Trayvon Diggs is not there. So, I mean, I mean, Michael Parsons had a good start to the season, but now it's going to be easier to game plan for him for teams. So I, so I wouldn't be surprised if it affects Michael Parsons' production because it's, it's almost certainly going to, unless he's just a freak of nature and just destroys offensive lines. But even so, that ball's going to come out so quick because of no digs that, I mean, you know, his numbers are going to definitely dip from where they were last year, I, I would think. Um but that's really going to – and that's, that's what their defense is predicated on, both Diggs being a shutdown corner and Parsons doing his job on the on the line. So, I mean, of course, they, they have got a couple of nice players besides that, but those those two are the leaders of that defense. Uh, I mean, you can't live without either one if you're Dallas. Um, so, but especially losing your corner, that's going to be a, a big – like, Micah Parsons, like, either, either one. If you lost either one, it's bad. But I would argue that losing Diggs is the worst one because even though Parsons is the better player, he's the he's the real star of that defense, and Diggs is a close second. Um, but the defensive lines can be handled if there's no corner because, like I was saying, the ball, ball comes out faster, plays come out quicker. You know, tempo might might change. It's going to wear down that front seven, so it's going to be interesting to see what happens. So, uh. As far as I can tell, I mean, that's a big loss because Dallas, too, but before that happened, 
before we got the news today. You know, Dallas was looking like a top three team in football. Um, but now that's, well, I mean, unless I mean they play the Cardinals, they should they should still be okay. But uh, after that, like yeah, like like you said, when they start playing the better teams, that's going to be a real big uh, issue for sure. Yeah, it, I I don't have much else to add. It's just a really painful injury. It sucks, and it scares me for how that secondary is going to play the rest of the way. Oh yeah, really and then you look me. at if you look at after this Cardinals game, it doesn't get easy. I mean, the Patriots, Patriots, Patriots could give them a run for their money because the Patriots have played both the Eagles and the Dolphins tough this year. They're um, gonna play teams tough all year. So yeah, so that's so after this Cardinals game, the the schedule for the Cowboys. I mean, you're going up against, uh, you know, teams that can put up points. You've got the Niners, the Chargers, uh, the Rams. Uh, then you're playing Philly November 5th. After Philly, it gets easier because uh, the next three games are uh, two, out of, or two out of three other division. Giants, and then Panthers, then Commanders. So you might get an easy break there. But the next, you know, four or five games for sure are not easy. Um, and then you got the Seahawks later on in the season. Uh... You Eagles play Philly again. Time. Bills, yeah, Dolphins, Bills again. Dolphins, Lions. Lions. Commanders to that's, the year. That's fucking brutal. And yeah, that then that Bills dog. That literally that Seahawks, Eagles, Bills, Dolphins, Lions stretch. I mean, hell, even the Commanders with how many you know guys they have that can make plays. Really, Dallas does not have an easy schedule at all this season. Week and 12, now losing week twelve to week eighteen is brutal. Yeah, and then, like you, you could say you know with Diggs it, it wouldn't be as bad, but losing him. That's going to wear down their defense a lot this season. So, I mean, and when you're going up against offenses like that, they can all those offenses like for, on the schedule here outside of the Panthers and outside of the Patriots and Cardinals. So outside of three games, the rest of your games are all against teams that will put up points. Yeah. So, so that's that is not a good sign if you're a Dallas fan. You know, celebrate, celebrate after being you know. Uh, and most likely three and zero this week, but after that, you know, don't get carried away because your schedule is not easy from there. Yeah, yeah. What a rough situation for Dallas and and tough news. But yeah, that that's gonna be rough losing your top corner and relying so much on your front seven and your offense to continue to make plays as the schedule rolls on. Uh, a guy who's made some really good plays this year is Baker Mayfield. We just kind of wanted to talk about this on a whim because I saw this on Instagram. Colin Coward basically said that Baker Mayfield is in a Geno Smith era where he has a chance to come back and revitalize his career. I don't fully disagree with this take, but I'm really confused because I don't think we've seen anything Geno Smith-like. Because Geno last year, that was incredible. I mean, the dude threw for the most yards in Seahawks his franchise history he had just one of the literally had one of the all-time greatest quarterback seasons in seattle seahawks history i don't see baker doing that in a bucks uniform for bucks history to and and what we talked about week one i think still stands for tampa whereas like yeah this is a this is a simple pitch and catch offense that focuses on his strengths but i think gino in particular last year not only did they focus on his strengths, he just improved as a quarterback in that system. Yeah. And it's it's like when I when I watch you know, when I when I watch Baker Mayfield versus Geno Smith, Baker Mayfield also just the way he plays comes off as a game manager. 
And then, but Geno Smith doesn't quite come off that way. Geno Smith in that offense can put up points. Um, and I think and consistently put up points. And it's not a pitch and catch offense. You still have a good running back back there. You still have guys that Geno can throw to all over the yeah. field. I, it, it does. It's a bit above a game manager for Geno. I don't love Geno necessarily, but there's a reason Geno is the starter in Seattle in his second year, and I don't think Baker is going to be the starter in year two in Tampa. Yeah, and and it, it confuses me when Colin Coward is saying that because you know he's saying oh he has a chance to do it to, to have revitalized career his career at the Bucks. Um, but like you were saying, with Geno Smith with franchise history, he set numerous franchise records. There's a reason why he was such a mar like a revelation last year. Baker Mayfield, plain and simple, is not going to be a revelation. That's that's not it's not you know he's not going to blow up the the game this year like Geno did last year. And on top of that, like you know, Geno was setting all those Seahawks records. Uh, did Colin Coward somehow forget that Tom Brady was a buck? Uh, so, yeah, you know, but also like he, Baker's just doing the simple things, right? But doing yeah. the simple things, right. Doesn't mean it can mean no. you're a playoff team, but in, it can mean you're a playoff team in this NFC, but it doesn't mean that he's going to have a revitalized career. I think the no. only thing I'm really enjoying from Baker is just seeing him play to his strengths and he has funny pressers. That's that all, just that's all I really see. Yeah. And I love it. I enjoy it. But I'm not looking at it going if I'm the Bucks GM going, Yeah, he's our quarterback in twenty twenty four. I don't see that. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's he's doing the right thing and keep, you know, kind of you know, he's not turning the ball over either. He has no interceptions in these two games. Uh but the interesting test is gonna be against my Eagles on Monday. Cause we're finally healthy, uh, minus Savante Maddox, but I mean, really you know, you have Bradbury back. Darius Slay has been pretty damn good this season so far, these first two games. Uh, you know, Philly's defense still isn't giving up. I mean, listen, they gave up 28 to Minnesota, but a lot of those were just garbage time and they fell asleep, more or less. Uh, and then Justin Jefferson just started to cook. You're not going to cover Justin Jefferson all game. Um, so, you know, but... Baker Mayfield's going to have a test. He's going to go up against some good DBs, which the Vikings and Bears both do not have. Uh, um, the best front seven he's probably going to see all year. I don't know if they're playing the Niners or not. I shouldn't say front seven. Front, I should say D-line, more like it. Because uh, the Eagles linebackers are not great. Although, you know what's funny? I'll say this about my Eagles. But the, the linebacking core has actually been pretty okay. Like they, they've, they've done a decent job for what they've had. Um, especially being out in the Kobe Dean, um, but Baker Mayfield is going to have a, a real test against Philly because Philly just also plays a lot more physical than the Vikings and Bears. I mean, you know, it's 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 a zone defense, but when they hit you, you're going to feel it. And it, you know, the Eagles stop the run game, so the Bucks aren't going to be able to run all over uh, Philly. I mean, not not they have a great run game anyway, but uh, you know, Mike Evans is not going to be as open as he was, you know, in the, in the Bears and Vikings games. Um, but you know, but listen, Baker. It's great that he's playing well. I just can't see him. You know, I don't. I don't see how he does what Gino did last year. I, I really don't like. You know, Gino's like. And the thing is, too, it also doesn't make sense saying revitalize his career. I mean, I get what Colin's saying about revitalizing because because you know Baker's on a, on a down point, and then he came back, had a came back and what and. and 
in, in less than 24 hours had to learn a quick playbook with the Rams and won a game for them. So, yeah, which was pretty like, awesome. like I get, I get where Collins coming from in terms of, in terms of revitalizing his career, but their arcs aren't even the same. Like when Gino I just, came I just to, don't, I just don't see. I, I, th- I, I, again, I kind of agree with you. I just don't, I don't see the Geno Smith comparison. I just don't yeah. see it. It's just, it, it's not a bad take, but the comparison is weird. It just feels really off to me. I mean, even even their arc though. Look at look at the two players' arcs. Like Baker. You know, had flashes of greatness in his time with the Browns. He was just on a bad team, but it wasn't much. Like, you know, a lot of it was Baker's fault, but a lot of it was the team was just bad. Whereas Geno Smith, Geno Smith never had a good game in his career, and then all of a sudden just came out of nowhere and had, out of out of and had an yeah. incredible season that was what, so, top so, three to top five quarterbacks in the entire league last year. Yeah, so so even their arcs aren't the same. So not only are they not the same QB, like there's not much of a comparison there, but even their arcs, their 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 quarterback arcs aren't the same. So I I don't. So I'm pretty much confused too. I don't, I don't get where Colin's coming from. I mean, but here that that's so, you know that's going to be where Colin was wrong. Oh, that's man. not going to be where Colin was. There ain't because there ain't no way he's right on that. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're we're gonna do what we did right and what we did wrong at the end of the year. I messed up on Justin Fields. That's the one thing I probably am going to get the most wrong this year. Uh, what the networks got wrong, these number one games for CBS and Fox are insane. CBS number one, Pats v. Jets, Fox is Bears Chiefs. Oh, hey, That's where Lord. you're sending your number one teams? Great job, guys. Okay. What? So minus those games, what are your three games minus the number one for the local stations and Sunday and Monday night. Who are your top three oh games to keep an eye on this week? Uh, well, okay. So from best to worst again. Um, okay, so we're getting rid of the both Monday games. We're getting rid of, uh, we're getting rid of, uh, you said bears chiefs and we're getting rid of, we're getting um, rid of Pat's jets. Okay. Pat's Jets and bear. Not, okay, so we those... not that we were going to pick those anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, and then and then also, I mean, I mean, well, I'm gonna give you three games, but also for our pot cookie segment, you can't pick the Cardinals, so that so that's out. We can't pick. The um, and but I'm not I'm not gonna pick the Cardinals. I think you and I are gonna have the same pot cookies, but we'll get there. But yeah, so the the three the three for me, and once again, this schedule is not good. <laughs> this is this is hard. This is a hard week to do a top. Uh, because there's only one game that stands out as the number one game to me, and I don't know how you feel about it, but it kind of this is the number one to me. Uh, is to me it's Bills Commanders. Wow, I wasn't even thinking about that. Can that's a really it, good pick. Can t- tell me why that's a good pick. It's, it's Bills Commanders. Uh, for a lot of reasons, the Commanders are on an upswing right now. Um. You know they're two and zero. People forget that they're two and zero. Sam Howell has looked pretty good to start the season. You know, had not great, not not world beating, but great. You know, pretty good. Uh, you know, he, he's getting better every week so far that he's been playing. Um, that offense can score points. They have a few decent weapons. Uh, the Bills, you just, you just don't know where you're going to get out of Josh Allen every week. And remember, the the Commanders, they have a good defense. I mean, last week Russell Wilson came back in that game, but. The, the commanders do have a good defense. People forget this. It's just that their offense was always in shambles the past few years. Um, but 
it's a one o'clock game. I know, and, and I know Bills Washington doesn't sound appetizing, but when you dig deep into it, when you really get to the meat and potatoes of it, it can be a really good game. I love that uh, as your number one pick. I love so that. good choice. Good. So choice. that's I, I like that a lot. Um, that game to me just has a lot of appeal, just because you know if Josh Allen like. I think with the way Sam Howe has played, and if that defense keeps the Bills within range, Sam Howe is going to give Josh Allen a fight. Do you want to so, guess the line? Do you want to guess the line for this? Oh, game? uh, mm, uh, I will say, mm, I'm kind of caught between two here. I will say, you know what, Bob? Because I want the game to be somewhat close. I'll say Bills minus five. Wow, it's Bills minus six. Okay. Which yeah. I, I honestly feels really high. Because I would think, based on what you're saying, I would think Bills minus maybe three and a half is more fair. I, I just think that people don't give Washington credit for how for, and people haven't watched them enough this year, I think, so far, these first two games. Because Washington has played pretty decently. Like, yeah. people don't realize this. Washington's 2-0 for a reason. They're not lucky. They they they've actually played pretty well. I mean, they haven't played great teams, but they've played pretty well. Washington has, you know, they've done enough to win. And I feel like when it comes to the Bills, with, with how up and down they are every week, if if you get a a below uh, grade A performance from Josh Allen, Sam Howell will give him a fight. That's I think a he can. Game. That, and by the way, they were talking about Eric Bieniemy and his coaching. That that's made a huge difference to this Washington offense as well. Yeah, people don't realize like that. That well, just like in the Justin Fields thing, coaching makes a difference. And right now, Washington has, uh, you know, some some good coaches in place. So, what to, to me, that's my number one out of all these games. I love that. I was not even thinking about it. That's a great pick. I love that. Yeah, What's and see, now, now, <laughs> now is where it becomes a crapshoot for me, honestly. Um, you know what, my number two, and you can't go to, the, you can't look at this game because of quarterbacks, you have to look at this because of, um, of just the, the talent around the quarterbacks, and to me, my number two is Falcons-Lions. Interesting. Um, wow, we have yeah. massively different picks. Yeah. So, so yeah, this is the first week we actually do. Um, Falcons are two and zero. I mean, they're lucky to be two and zero, but they're two and zero. Lions are one and one. Lions should have uh, should have won last week against your Seahawks. Absolutely um, should have won. They played a better game. So, so you know, when you look at the quarterback matchup, Goff is easily the better quarterback. But Ritter, Ritter does keep the Falcons in games, and they had you know, B. John Robinson's great to start he, he looks the part already remember drake london's still there kyle pitts is still there if they use him more that could be an interesting game i mean i think the lions will still win that game but i think that, that that's my number i even see that i was having trouble putting that at two or three but i think after looking at the rest of the games that that has to be my number two just because that can be interesting uh, i just think that you know the falcons are not a team you look at it's gonna be like ooh, you know that's gonna be a game of the week but, but that's why i didn't put it at one it's the falcons but the lions are a team to watch, and the Falcons are two and zero, and they're they've put some they've, the two games they played have been, you know, kind of exciting to watch at points. 
Um, Desmond is not going to blow you away, but the rest of the offense is all they're, they're skilled players. They have three very skilled players at three positions: one a wide receiver, one tight end, one running back. If they can get him the um, ball, if they can get the receiver and the tight end the ball, that's that's, that's, that's I, I'm question. saying. That's why I'm putting it at two, but with an asterisk. If Desmond can get them the ball, this can be a good game. But that, but that's that's the if. So it's it's two, but with an asterisk. Yeah, that's. Fair. And then, and then my last one. So, what's kind of on the fringes, I guess. Uh, man, it's it's tough because there's a few games I could pick. Uh, do we know if Anthony Richardson is playing this weekend? He's out. He's out. Okay. It looks like he's out. He hasn't practiced. Okay. So that's that. That I, rules I that one out. I would that really high up too, but if he's out, I don't have interest. Yeah, that that so that was that. And then this, I'm not. This, I'm not gonna this pick... is this is why we wait until Thursday to do this, so we see the injury reports. And he's been out both days of practice, which means he'll most yeah. likely not play. And and then you know you can't pick both Monday games, so those are out. Uh, I'm not I'm not picking Cowboys. Cardinals. Cardinals are terrible. Um, you can't pick the Cardinals anyway. And yeah, and that, that that was my second point. I was gonna get to that. Uh, and I don't think we want to pick it as a top three game anyway, so I don't think we need. And to then, and then, guys. and then, Stewards Raiders is prime time Sunday night. Can't pick um, that either. So you can't pick that. Uh, for me, and I mean, you can't pick. Uh, what you can't pick, Panther Seahawks because nobody wants to watch Andy Dalton play. <laughs> um, and so for me, my last game. Out of all these, I'm like, I mean, I'm caught between two, but you know what? I'm going to pick the one that might seem the most ugly, but this is a desperation game for both teams. I'm going to say, congratulations, Chargers fans. You are the third game of the week, Chargers, Vikings. They're also my third this week. Talk about so, it. So, both teams, absolutely desperate. 0-2. Uh, you know, this can make or break a season early. Um, both teams, high-powered offenses, um, or at least, you know, especially if they have the, you know, we know what the, we know what Justin Jefferson can do. We know what Keenan Allen and Mike Williams can do. Uh, Justin Herbert, great young quarterback. He's just been unlucky, really. Um, it seems like that's been his whole Chargers career up to this point. Um, both teams, the, the coaching isn't great. Uh, but they're they're playing competitive one score games every week. That like the you know they're both zero and two playing one score games. Um, the line is fascinating for this. Do you want to guess it? This is really fascinating. Vegas Vegas is telling us a lot with this line. Do you want to guess this one? Oh boy, uh, I will say. I'm kind of going off of history here too. I will say. Oh, damn. I'll say Vikings minus three. Vikings minus one. It's practically a pick em. Wow. That's interesting. That's very that, that tells us that Vegas thinks it's easily going to be a one-score game. Yeah, that's that's pretty interesting. I was saying minus three just because I wanted to give, them the, give Vikings a little bit of benefit of doubt. But I'll, you know what's funny? I was actually, and I, I said this last week too, I was thinking minus one. Minus one or minus two, but I, yeah, yeah, I picked three. But It's essentially a pick em, Brandon. That's very fascinating. Yeah, but that's, you know, both teams desperate. Both teams have good offensive weapons. Both teams' defenses are not great, uh, despite Brian Flores, you know, slowly fixing that Vikings defense, Vikings defense, but they don't have enough pieces of the puzzle to really get it going. Um, 
you know, this can be another shootout game, almost like Dolphins Chargers. Uh, but it's gonna to me this game comes down to whoever has the ball last. To um, this game comes down to how the fourth quarter is played overall. The the first three quarters probably don't matter that much. Yeah, it's so that's why it's it's number three, just because there's so much on the line for both these teams right now, and there's so many kind of early hot seat like jobs on the line here that that's why this game is number three because this this is how desperate can you be early in the season kind of game um because my other pick i'm not gonna say it but my other pick was going to be was gonna well i'll say what my, what my other one would have been had it not been that yeah but it, it the only other game i would have picked was dolphins broncos that's my number two um, because I want to see what Russell Wilson does against an actual really, really good defense. Yeah. That's a really fascinating thought. My number one, for some reason, this will shock you. Saints Packers. Mm. Uh, I could one. see, I can kind of see why. Why am I starting to get fascinated by watching just, uh, Jordan Love play football? Are you seeing yeah. the comments that this offensive staff is saying in pressers about, about Jordan Love, they're actually confident in him to make throws. Yeah, and he's actually, I think, confident in himself to make throws. Uh, the and, hype and train. I, I mean, am I going crazy? I don't think I'm going we were, crazy. We we were bashing him in the off season a little bit, but uh, but right now the hype train is growing around him. And I'm not on the bandwagon yet, but if he plays well against a pretty talented Saints defense, I might I might hop on that on that bandwagon. I may hop on it, and I didn't think I was going to. Yeah, I I wouldn't yet. Even if he plays well against the Saints, I would still wait to see how he looks like five, six games in, and then I'll then I'll jump on it. But this is a good early test for him, and I can see why you put it at one. Also, Derek Carr got really comfortable in the second half of that game uh, this past week. So you know, if Derek Carr can keep it rolling, you know, Michael Thomas is you know looks fully healthy finally. Uh, you know, Olave is there. Um, you know, Saints still have still have a really talented defense. Uh, Packers and Jordan Love are making it work. Um, I also like Michael Thomas as a number two slash three in an offense. Yeah, I don't. I I enjoy that for some reason. Yeah, he's definitely he's not the one he was, but um. But for what for for what he does well, he's an, he's easy. He could be any team's. You know, not one B, but definitely a stuff. A great, great two. Yeah, and that, that's so, what he is right now. And I, I, I gotta be honest, I like it. I like it. The guy's doing short routes really well. Guy still cuts great. I'm happy with it. If you're a Saints fan, you gotta be happy with what you're seeing with from him. It's not perfect, yeah. but it's good. But I can see why you put that at one. There, there's, 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 there's a little bit of intrigue. There's a little bit of buzz around that game. So that's a good number one. Oh, oh yeah, line. oh yeah. That's right. Cause you gave your two and three. Um, well, I spoiled your two, and then our three is the same. Um, pot cookies for me. Oh my god, this is actually easy. It's actually so easy. Oh my god, it's so easy because it's gonna put. What is it minus Panthers Seahawks? Oh my, it's gonna be Titans Browns. Titans Browns is easy for me. Really? I was thinking 
Easy. In my top three games of the week. Uh-uh. I'm really fascinated Titan. by the by the Browns' defense against Tannehill. It's yeah, but that's what makes it to me. You also got to think about too. Deshaun Watson doesn't look good. This is going to be a low. This should be a low-scoring game. This should be like both teams are not going to look impressive. Uh, the Titans are a boring team to watch. There, you could fall asleep watching them and not miss a damn thing for three and a half quarters and tune in the last two minutes. And you'll still see enough of the Titans you need to see all season. Um, Browns are just they're down Nick Chubb. That doesn't help their running game at all. That makes their that makes them almost one dimensional. I think Ford is going to be good, but we want to see a couple weeks of him. Yeah, I, no, I still think he can be all right, but you're not going to replace Nick Chubb. No, you're not. Um, so that that's why it's easy for me. And, it's, and uh, I mean, usually with the one o'clock window, the games aren't great anyway. So when you put all that together in a big gumbo, that's pot cookies to me. Easy. A pot cookies gumbo. Yeah, <laughs> just be, just because to, to me that that that's just it's it's easy. Like I'm not even gonna like count Pan- if Panthers Seahawks is actually bad. I'm not gonna count it necessarily just because it's really obvious. If you have a bad yeah. quarterback going against Geno Smith, that's pretty damn obvious. We gotta so now so well now ca- I haven't calculated it yet. I mean I'll make sure to do it before we hop on next week. Yeah, so your pot cookies was easily Panthers Seahawks, right? Yeah. So yeah, and then mine was Titans Browns. Titans uh, Browns, yeah. So that's uh, I mean, I mean, they're all kind of ugly. Like, like they've been you ugly. Know, we've talked. We talked about this on Sunday. Like te- Texans Jags is ugly. Um, yeah. God, that's the oh, Lord. Uh, you know, can't pick Cowboys Cardinals, but that's ugly, obviously. Okay. We talked about um, last week for that, or on Sunday, but yeah. Yeah, and then then the the games of the week and the primetime games are all ugly. I mean, we can't pick them anyway, but those games are all ugly. Um, I think Steelers Raiders is interesting just because I think it's gonna be super close, but yeah, I don't know what to expect. Um, and those are those are horn, any, horn boy and guy who can't throw a football. It's like it's you know what's interesting about that game though because we always say like you know the zero and two teams. Are desperate, so that Chargers Vikings game is like desperation. But I've never seen uh, two one in one teams seem like they're desperate. Mode. Yeah, and Not that's like what that. that seems like to me. Yeah, that that's I think why that game is going to be quite interesting. Um, next week, next week we have another game we're adding to the can pick, can't pick list: Falcons Jaguars from Andy's bedroom. Toy Story. <laughs> Because uh, they're playing in Jesus London. Christ. Ugh. So that's going to be interesting. So we do have the London game starting. So that's another game we can't pick. Uh, we'll oh, my God. Games. So that's so, I mean, another game we won't. We can't add to the list. So, I mean, at that point, if they're going to do two Monday games, one Sunday game. Or no, they're going to have, no, two Monday nights. One we have, we have a Thursday this Sunday. week. Two, one Sunday night. We have another Thursday, Lions-Packers. Then we have London game. Uh, Sunday night, and then Seahawks play on Monday night against the Giants. Yeah, we have Giants Seahawks next week. I just, I just realized though, every from almost not every single week, but for for the weeks that they have the London games, we almost can't pick half the schedule because of one London. Of it, yeah, yeah, one one. So for those weeks, we should do like one or two 
for like games of the week or like yeah well i just... think you're right i think we'll bump it down to two and then we'll do a pot cookies because we can't pick the cbs and fox number one and we can't yeah pick the... so that's a good portion of the schedule so it's gonna make it even harder brandon have fun yeah because you're because you're taking because you're taking you're, you're taking six games away you're taking london you're taking the prime times for cbs and fox that's three and then you're taking Sunday, uh you're taking Sunday night, night and then the two Monday nights, that's six well, games. Well, one that's... Monday night. Okay, well one, yeah. How yeah, but how often are they gonna do two? The ne- they're they're doing they're doing two this week, then the next time they're doing two is week eleven. Okay, yeah, so yeah, but you're still taking away five games with, with the London game. Yeah. So, so any week that that's the second Monday night, yeah. the second Monday game gets changed into the London game basically. Yeah. So, so yeah, basically any any games where there's like you know, Five or six prime times, so that's gonna be a couple weeks this season. Those are the games where we'll pick like one or two games I, rather I think than three. The London games line up picking two, just and we'll make a joke that we're tired because we're gonna be fucking tired for the London. Games. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, I barely, I barely, I barely wake up for them. By the time I wake up, it's already like halfway into the second quarter, and I'm like, oh well, that's alright. You get to wake up at nine thirty. I gotta wake up at fucking six thirty or earlier for a bunch of those damn games. I mean, I mean, well, yeah, that's see. The, that's that's the bad thing about being on the West Coast. West Coast is like okay, you get all you get a lot of your games, and you still get to go to bed at a reasonable time, but then you have to wake up at an extremely early time. Yeah, for a few weeks this season. Yeah, that's gonna where, be. Whereas, whereas I just lose sleep all damn day because I'm watching football till one one o'clock in the morning. Jesus. Um, pop culture stuff this week. Do we have anything for Thursday? I mean the the Taylor Swift news oh i do have something fun oh jeez, um, yeah i th- but the taylor swift news is at least interesting at least they're just talking at this point so i mentioned this in our chat today i'm kind of happy if they start dating because number one i think they would have a great relationship and number two if it if they break up here comes travis kelsey breakup songs and i'm for that <laughs> that sounds pretty great and it, you know what makes it even even crazier and jason kelsey would be name dropped in the song probably at some point because he's the one he's the he's the ian rapaport he said it himself he's the ian rapaport of his brother right now and and, and you know what's and you know what's crazy too taylor swift she was basically born and raised in philadelphia <laughs> so so she considers herself an eagles fan Whoa. so there is a little bit of so there is a little bit of history there too that's funny that's uh fantastic. so so there's so that there's a like you can almost pick the, the 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 Kelsey Swift saga as a as a game of the week because it's like a game of chicken right now like who's it, who's it, gonna honestly we're we're I think I think one of the pop culture segments every week is gonna be Kelsey Swift update and not like, the Kel and not the Kelsey Swift update on the Eagles yeah yeah we're gonna yeah we're gonna have a uh, literally like like you know how like Saturday Live has their weekend update. It's the Kelsey Swift that, update. That, that, that's what we're doing every week at this point. Um, I do have something pretty great, though, for a pop culture topic. Did you see Hopkins today? I saw him post uh, something to a story but or on Instagram or something like that. But no, what, did, what so, happened? So he was limited today in practice. He's dealing with a bit of an injury. But he's also, props to him, get trying to get his degree at Clemson right now. Oh, uh, which is really, really that's cool. pretty good. So he was after practice, he had Zoom class. So he pops on <laughs> Zoom class in the middle of the fucking Titans facility with a Titan shirt on. 
Can you imagine though? That's so good. Like, can you imagine though? Like you're just a regular college kid going to class and you see DeAndre Hopkins pops up in your Zoom call. And I'm like, what the hell's going on? In the middle of the Titans facility. Oh and my god. You know, you know what's the best part? You know how like you have to do usernames for your for your Zoom and your Zoom classes? I think yeah. he said fuck it, because everyone knows he's DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> his, 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 his Zoom name was iPhone parentheses 78. The boy oh my god jesus that's awesome man hey props for going to get your degree man I- i'm excited to see him graduate that shit's awesome dude keep, what is, keep do, do we know what his do we know what his major i'll look it up we know, do we know what it yeah what's his major what that's is, interesting what is he majoring in i forgot that's 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 wild i how, can't how imagine going that? to that because Cause so many people go to school with like pro athletes too, like that we just don't we just don't talk about it enough. But it does happen, like you know, like Jalen Hurts getting his degree after being in the NFL already. So it's I like he had to finish classes to do that. That's fucking awesome that you have the option to do that. Uh, do you want to guess his major? It's actually kind of fascinating. Hmm. Well, just guess the most that... random thing you could think of. Uh, this is a game for you this week. God, so, so far I've been spot on with a lot of my guesses. Yeah, um, I how you can do it? This this uh, is really weird. But, but this is this is probably something I won't even get. I mean, but knowing how how rude, how like well well grounded D Hop is with his mom, like the story with his mom and stuff like that. Um, and it seems like he's a really good level head on his shoulders outside of it. There's some some things he kind of goes a little bit nuts on, but uh, I will say. I can't see him as a journalist. Uh, uh, I mean, I don't know how smart he is for this, but I'm just going to throw it. Because this, this has nothing to do with Well, it's got something to do with football, but it's not like a betting line. Otherwise, I'd be better at it. It has nothing to do with football. Yeah. Well, that that's that's pretty easy. Um, oh, damn. I want to say he's going to be doing something in finance or engineering. Parks, Recreation, and Tourism Management. What the hell is that? <laughs> I, I, you could have gave Rob. You could have Rob. You could have gave me fifty guesses. I wouldn't have gotten it. He's There's becoming no a way. Parks and Rec dude. Oh my god! Shout out. That's awesome. Can you imagine, like, you just pull up to your, to a local park and he, like, D Hop is a park ranger. Yes, <laughs> D Hop is your park ranger. Oh. My God, I oh boy! How great is that? That's interesting. I I didn't even think that that was even possible <laughs> to have some nature. I gotta be honest. I imagine if you're taking Zoom classes in the middle of your Titans facility, I mean, I bet you the major's still very hard. Yeah. Oh, oh! I just thought of another weird idea. So you know, when you do college classes, you and I know this well enough. You have to do group projects. Yep. Imagine doing a group project, and one of your group project mates is the Andre Hopkins. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely ridiculous. In the middle of an NFL season, you're like, hey, D-Hop, I know you play on Sundays. Let me take care of this. Can we take care of this on Friday? 
Can you imagine? That that's just that's wild. I'm that's just I can't even fathom that. Like I can't. I don't get how kids like, especially at like you know big colleges like Bama. I mean, well, I mean, I guess they're used to it at Bama Clemson. or Clemson stuff like that. Like it Clemson makes sense. Yeah. But like, but like, especially when you're in a major that is a parks and recreation management position. <laughs> Like, like those people probably don't. I don't think they would know who DeAndre Hopkins is. That's a that's a really small major that you wouldn't think has a lot of people in it there. So screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up. Let's have some fun. Uh, I'm gonna oh, look God. up the, the how many people are enrolled in the Parks Recreation and Tourism Management Clemson. <laughs> you should tell me we would be doing this if we created the NFL season. Uh, Once again, this is how bad football has been so far. Uh, all right. <laughs> oh my God. Depart. So this is an actual department at Clemson. Oh God. Well, they have the room for it. It's Clemson. Are under? Oh my God. I'm I'm promoting Clemson University. Enjoy it, Clemson people. Um, our undergraduate degree program is focused on four learning tracks: community recreation and sport management. So like, it's still sports. Park and conservation area management, recreational therapy, and tourism and event management, um, as well as youth development leadership. Hmm. Our graduates work in a variety of different careers. So, uh, number one is NFL player, um, municipalities, <laughs> yeah. visitor and conservation bureaus, state and national parks, veteran hospitals to event planning companies. Youth services and other private firms. Interesting. So you can do travel events and festivals. Um, I'm trying to see. There's got to be it saying like how many people are enrolled in that major. That's kind of what I'm focused. That's what I'm focused on is how many people are enrolled, um, including DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> Close, but there's at least one. There's at least one, and it's DeAndre Hopkins. In let me see. Enrollment. Enrollment 2023. How many? It just tells me. Um. I'm gonna Google it myself. Because I actually. can't seem to find it. Actually, to be fair. This is, I'm sorry, this is an entertaining podcast. This is entertaining. Um, who's the chairman of this program? Wait, what's the, what's the name of the major or the program again? Uh, Parks, Recreation, and Tourism Management. Short PRTM. Clemson. PRTM Clemson. PRTM. It's not even telling me. It's not even telling me. Oh my god. Why is it not telling me? Uh, there's a department fact sheet about it. Oh good god. Uh. God, there's gotta be. Um. Oh, 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 I have some interesting information. Do you want to hear the annual budget Clemson put it, puts into this program? I can imagine it's some large figure. Six million dollars. Oh my god. Oh, oh, I have it, I have it, I have it. Cl- 
Clemson PRTM f- employs 44, full, 44 full-time faculty. Okay. And 24 overall professional staff. Serves 359 undergraduate majors and 157 graduate students. Okay, so that's and, roughly and, five five hundred. Well, and then, and then their overall option, so everything else, is six thousand students per year are enrolled in the program. Jeez. Oh my God, that's that's literally more than half the people enrolled at Seton Hall. What? Yeah, Seton Hall only had about eleven thousand people in total. Screw it. I'm gonna I'm gonna search up weird college majors. Yeah, my. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, by the way, I don't know if this is a thing at every college, or I've assumed other colleges have this, but at Seton Hall, you can get scuba diving certified. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, weird college majors. Uh, fermentation sciences. What the hell? Canadian studies. Oh, perfect. Puppet arts. Why? Why? Wait, wait, wait. Why is that a major? Why would that ever be a... Whose useless idea was that? I'm sorry. That's that's a useless so, major. This is, guess a random college that offers this major. Uh, It's got to be some like, it's, big it's, one. It's, it's, in a, it's in a hint because I believe it's in... The, yeah, it is. It's the same conference as Seton Hall. Oh, God. So it's in the Big East. Yes. Uh, Big East school. Oh, my God. Um... Jesus Christ. Don't tell me it's like it's like Georgetown or Xavier. Oh my okay, really quick. Canadian studies are offered at my school, the University of Washington, and the University of North Carolina. And it's not Georgetown. God damn it. Oh uh, my god. You ready for this? Is it is it, is it Marquette? No. God damn it. Okay, I, I can't I'm gonna, It's I'm UConn. Gonna, yeah. You know, oh my God! Offers puppet studies. So, so once again, once again, I over see just like Justin Fields, I'm overthinking too much, because my first guess, and I keep saying this all the time, and I know people are tired of me hearing hearing me say this, but I I kid you not, my first guess, I was gonna say Connecticut, UConn. Um, it was, but I was like, you know what? I don't think it's gonna be UConn because UConn is like not what I would guess is something like that. So I was like, ah, is it UConn? And I'm like, ah, maybe it's Xavier. I was like, I didn't know. Liverpool Hope University in Liverpool offers a master's degree. Yes, a master's degree in the Beatles, popular music, and society. Well, well, that makes sense. It's in Liverpool. Yeah. So, um, how much? How much more Beatles esque do you want to get? Farrier science. Which is the study of trimming and shoeing horses of all breeds. You can just go to a farm for that. Decision theory. Um, costume technology. Floral management. Bagpiping. <laughs> There's a, in Scotland. Auctioning. Oh, of course. Of course. Wait a minute. Auctioneering? Where the hell do they offer that? Um, that that cannot that that's gotta be somewhere in the south. Fuck! It doesn't tell me. It's gotta be somewhere in Texas or Louisiana. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, bakery science. There's a packaging what? major. 
what the hell is bakery science? Either you bake or you're a scientist. What the hell is bakery science? It, well, it's culinary arts, basically. It's like an extension. Oh, okay. Uh, what? What? Um, okay, Michigan State University, they have a school of packaging. What what the hell do you what do you learn to be a UPS handler? What the hell is that? <laughs> what the hell does that class do? <laughs> can you can you imagine? Can you imagine graduating MSU and your they call you up by your major and now for the school of packaging? <laughs> what? Uh, Florida Southern University offers a the nation's only citrus program. Where you learn about oh, the growing citrus fruit industry? That does make sense. It's in Florida. Yeah. See, you... that's actually practical for that state. But, I don't know. Oh my god, horseshoeing experts in a community college in New Mexico. Good lord. Fermentation science at Appalachian State. Floral management at Mississippi State. Uh... What is this, Monturi Science? A career in the funeral service field. Oh. Why? Why? That's that's quite literally a depressing career. Recreation and leisure studies, University of... Oh! Surf Science and Technology at Plymouth University in the UK. At Penn State, they have Turf Grass Science. Oh, Penn State, what are you doing? Students at this random university can learn bowling management. I would love that. Not going to lie, I'd love that. I would not love that. So at Michigan State University, they take packing very seriously. The School of Packaging focuses on student... Focuses... Oh, shit. You ready for this? (laughs) Just for that reaction. Michigan State says... The School of Packaging focuses on the science of packaging and helps re- helps research environmentally friendly alternatives to packaging. Right, kind of cool, but also kind of useless. You can just put that in a regular science class or a regular uh, like environmental studies class, I guess. all the major ones that i found cannabis cultivation that that's that's got it's gotta be in florida uh, california <laughs> uh blacksmithing oh sign me up equestrian studies black blacksmithing has already piqued my interest <laughs> i'm ready to become i'm ready to become like the dude from dark souls that makes the weapons <laughs> What? Let me see. What? Let, let's let's see if we can enroll you in a black blacksmith class. I I absolutely want to. Please let me know if I can black if I can be a blacksmith. As Markiplier would say, "Where's the blacksmith?" Absolutely, absolutely. I want to be a blacksmith. Enroll me. I think it's at pretty much every college. There's some blacksmith classes. That's all I can find. Uh, I I have no idea. Well, it definitely wasn't University at Seton Hall. University of Georgia. Southern Illinois University. Uh, 
Rochester Institute. Rot, rot, here's one in Rochester, New York for you. Rochester Institute of Technology. Get a Bachelor of Fine Arts. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Let's see. Oh, in, they call in Austin Community College, there's a two-day blacksmithing class. Two days. Two days? What the hell do you learn in two days? Um, what what could you possibly knife, learn? Knife making, decorative metalwork, and advanced blacksmithing are also available. What? Oh, okay, but see, I, I you can ha- sign you can me t- up. You can take a two-day blacksmithing class. Just go to Austin for two days. Sign me up for the advanced blacksmithing, though. <laughs> I, I want to dive. I want to dive straight into the fire, both figuratively and literally. All right, so I think that was a great post-credit scene. Random college majors in honor of DeAndre Hopkins and and, and my random love for blacksmithing. <laughs> oh my god! Well, that is it for I think our week. We'll be back I think next Thursday. You and Shane are more than welcome to record Brandon throughout the next few days, but uh, we'll be back in full swing after my trip, man. Thanks, thanks for hopping on, Brandon. Oh yeah, I forgot you were leaving that. You must, thank God you reminded me. I was like, wait a minute, are we coming back Sunday? I was like, oh, never I'm mind. Leaving, no, we're not. I'm leaving Saturday morning at two a.m. Oh God. Oh, so we're gonna have a ton. We're, Thursday's show is gonna be an absolute just. Uh, it's gonna be like a three-hour pod with all the craziness. I, you know what, you know what I bought for the trip too. I bought a mini yeah, go ahead. NFL football. Like oh Lord. Yeah, who are you, you going to throw it around with? I don't know. Tell like, my friends or something? I don't know. At least I just have a football with me. How, how far are you from Idaho? Uh, It's a five-hour drive. That's not that bad. It's really not that bad. Jesus Christ. I have yeah. no concept. I have no concept of, like, other states because New Jersey is so small. I'm used to getting to everywhere in less than five minutes. I'm, I'm debating either buying a Boise State... Uh, football something or Idaho or I think a funnier one which would be a funny deep cut is an Idaho Vandals like football jersey well, that'd be pretty interesting <laughs> or you try to see if you try to see if somehow on eBay somebody out in Idaho is selling a like part of the blue turf from Boise State oh my god oh my god alright man well thanks for hopping on hope you guys enjoyed the episode this will be out as soon as possible um and uh we'll see you soon thanks for hopping on brandon yeah any anytime rob you know i'm always here i'm always loving to do this so this is always i look this is the highlight of of my football season especially because this season is so bad so far but it's the it's the highlight of it we literally slept and worked through some of the giants game that's okay about the giants are i'm sorry giants yeah it's true yeah it's it's sad but true but hey it's still a long season and listen any given sunday anything's possible and that's what we're here for any given sunday so any given sunday yeah we have we have a long way to go all right we'll see you all soon have a great rest of your week everybody and again we'll see you all soon absolutely take care everybody